start with source one. This, this is a class about the upcoming Jewish holidays. We have a month full of holidays. Rosh Hashanah comes up September 6th at night, Monday night. It's two days. Then a week later, it's Yom Kippur. Then a week later, it's Sukkot. Then a week later, it's Simchas Torah. All in the middle of the week, and you feel like you're working in shul, like somebody is paying you to come to shul. Mm-hmm. You are more in shul than in your office. Really, and this high holidays, because it's the middle of the week all the time, it's really, really very demanding, and you lose a lot of days of work, and it's, and it's a real commitment to come to shul. Then the question is that many people ask once, many times, why is it that all the holidays are pulled in one month? Why not spread it out? Sp- share the pain over the year. One Rosh Hashanah in September, Yom Kippur in October, Sukkot in January. What is this? Because it's all in one month, and then the rest of the year, it's pretty quiet. Yeah, Pesach here and there, Pesach. <laughs> Nothing major. Here, in this talk, the Rebbe explains why is all the holidays are together and what it means. And it looks like the same thing again. We come, we pray, we come. We pray. What is that? What's going on here? It's a boot camp, right? It's a boot camp. You, you nailed it. Exactly. Exactly. But now we learn what is the boot camp wants to accomplish. We'll start with source number one. Go ahead. Rabbi Shimon said there are three crowns, the crown of Torah, the crown of priesthood, and the crown of kingship. But the crown of a good name supersedes them all. Oh, what is this? This is from Pirkei Avot, from Ethics of Our Fathers. There are three crowns. Crowns means, in this sense, there are three very important t- concepts in Judaism. Like the crowns of the Jewish people, of Judaism. And one crown on top of all of them. What are the crowns? The crown of Torah. It means to say Torah is the most important thing. Without Torah, we are nothing. We are just Josh Moss. I mean. Then there is the crown of Keuna. Keuna means priesthood. They were the number one most important people within the Jewish people that served in the temple. The high priest, the regular priest. They get the first alier. They are very important. Then there is the crown of kingdom. Crown of kingdom means the, the house of David, the kings of the Jewish people. They represent the kingdom of God on earth. These three, three crowns, these three issues are the most important things of the Jewish people. That the crown of Torah, everybody can get, right? Everyone can become a scholar. Apple, everybody can be a rabbi. <laughs> It's never too late. <laughs> um, crown of Kim being a Kohen, only if your father is a Kohen. Shevach is a Kohen because his father is a Kohen. That's one good thing that his father gave him. I don't know about anything else, but <laughs> one good <laughs> thing. Kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, listen, everything is a payoff. <laughs> and, and the kingdom of, of uh, Malchut, of kingdom, that's anybody from the house of David. I cannot become, become a king and decide that I'm in the king. There is such a thing as a king not from the house of David, but that they don't have the dynasty. It's a temporary thing, if you want. And then comes something on top of all of them, the crown of the good name. What means the crown of the good name? What is the crown of the good name? Oleg, what's the crown of the good name? 
you know, not say lie, something like that. Uh, I saw it in a movie one day and I remembered it. <laughs> I have one name only. And, uh, oh, you don't have to have two, three names to lie on yeah, different documents. Yeah, well, not, not necessarily. I only have one good name. Uh, one good name. Yeah, what makes a person to have a good name? Just not to lie. Oh, not to lie is nice, but there, it must be there is a little more to it. In Judaism, not to do bad is not good enough. I remember once somebody, when I was a yeshiva student, he asked me, what do you think about the other yeshiva student? For a shidduch, they asked me. I thought he was a good boy. He tells me, what means he's a good boy? He's not chasing cats on the street. What do you mean mm -hmm. that he's a good boy? He's not eating nails. <laughs> In Judaism, not to do bad is not good enough. You know why? Because if you wouldn't be born, you would also not do anything bad. I didn't do anything bad. Shkoyach, mazel tov. What you did good. God brought me to the world, huh? Yeah, well, God brought me to the world. I better do something productive. Good name means doing mitzvahs. Action. To do good. Good name comes from you when you do good. From not doing bad, you don't get a good name. You're not in jail. You're not in the newspaper. That's nice, but that's not good enough. This is the mission of Prekyavot. Now we go to source number. Uh, go ahead, please. The way, the way this reads, the way, and you talk about it in, in, oftentimes in your, some of your uh, discussions, there are three crowns. We yeah. know that. But, but then all of a sudden they say, now there's a fourth crown. Oh! Why do you don't say four crowns? Well, because oh. we're rather didn't say four crowns. Oh, we'll get to it. But you have to have patience. Okay, <laughs> okay read source number two. Go ahead. The Tzemach Tzedek writes in his glosses on Likuti Torah, there are three crowns, the crown of Torah, the crown of the priesthood, and the crown of kingship. The crown of kingship represents Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah when we coronate God as our king. Parenthetically, we should therefore treasure every prayer which focuses on God's kingship. Oh, he says that uh, the Tzemach Tzedek, who is the third Chabad Rebbe, his name was like the Rebbe's name, Menachem Mendel, and his wife actually was the name of the Rebbe's wife, Chaim Mushka. And the Rebbe and the Rebbe were grandchildren of, the, of this stone. And they were named after them. In any case, he says that the three crowns, the three holidays, the holidays are, rep, are reflecting the crowns. Rosh Hashanah is the crown of kingdom. Why is Rosh Hashanah the crown of kingdom? Because on Rosh Hashanah we concentrated on crowning God as the king of the universe. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. We'll get to it, what it means. Okay, continue. The crown of priesthood reflects Yom Kippur, the pinnacle of the high priest's service. The crown of Torah represents Shmini Atzeret and Shetzimuchus Torah. Okay. Now the crown of, of the priesthood is representing Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, the main, in the time of the temple, the main star, the whole focal point of the old Yom Kippur was the high priest entering the Holy of Holies and making his service and praying on behalf of the old Jewish people and getting a good ear for the Jewish people. It's all about the high priest. Then we're talking about the crown of, of priesthood. Yom Kippur is the crown of priesthood. It says, then the third crown is, that the crown of Torah is Simchas Torah. Simchas Torah, we celebrate the Torah, that's the crown of Torah. And then... The, the final crown, the crown of the good name, represents the idea that Torah study is great because it leads to action. Action. After the three crowns, after Rosh Hashanah, 
Yom Kippur and Simchas Torah comes the crown, the rest of the year, the crown of the good name. What you do with it? Okay, now we we'll go to the Rebbe's talk. The three holiday crown. You want to read, please? That's basically what we just learned. Now we're going to analyze the crown of kingship Rosh Hashanah. What means the crown of kingship? Source number three. Very. The Holy One, blessed be He, said, Recite before me on Rosh Hashanah verses that mention kingships, remembrances, and yeah, kingship recite ten verses in the in the Amida of Rosh Hashanah, the Musaf Amida. There is three sections. They divide it into three sections, and after and before after every section, we blow the shofar during the silent Amida and then during the repetition of the Amida again. It's kingdom kingship. We recite ten verses from the Bible that speak that that describe God as the King of the Universe. Wherever the retreat, the word Melech, Melech means king. Then we recite ten verses and prayers. We are speaking about remembrance. It's a day of remembrance. Yosh Hashanah is called Yom Hazikaron, a day of remembrance. Because God remembers us. And what means by God to remember us? To take care of us. Remembering is not just, oh, I remembered you yesterday, but I forgot. I, I remember that it's your birthday, but I never called you. Remembering by God is a call for action. And God remembered Noah and he took him out from the ark. And God remembered Sarah and he gave her a child. And so on and on and on. Many examples in the Bible. Then this is God, that's a ten, ten verses of remembrance. And then there is ten remembers, ten verses of shofarot. We speaks about blowing the shofar in the Bible. Ten verses from the Bible, from the entire Bible, quoting about blowing the shofar. Okay, continue. Kingships so that you will crown me as king over you. Remembrances so that your remembrance will rise before me for good. And with that will the remembrance rise. It will rise with the shofar. How you rise the remembrance to, how, how God remembers us because you blow the shofar. In any case, you see Rosh Hashanah, we are busy with kingship. Continue source number four. Should I continue? Yeah, why not? Our God and God of our fathers reign over the entire world. This is from a prayer from Rosh Hashanah that we say every Amida service. We say, reign over God. We ask from God. Reign over the entire world. Uh, be exalted over all the earth in your splendor and reveal yourself in the majority of your glorious might over the 
inhabitants of your terrestrial world. May everything that has been made know that you have made it. May everything that has been created understand that you have created it. And may everyone who has the breath of life in his nostrils declare that the Lord God of Israel is king and his kingship has dominion over Don't, don't skip it. Don't turn the page. It's an amazing prayer. We ask from God, be a king of all over with your glory and all over the world. And make clear, show to the whole world, every creature, every inhabitant should know that you have created them, right? May everything that has, that has been made know that you have you are created them and that, that he is made by you. Everyone that created, and then he says, and everything that has a breath of nostril in your nose should know that you are the king. It means to say, we are praying to God that the world should recognize that he is the king of the universe. You know, he's going around the whole world, running around on the street. Everybody's doing whatever they want. He's God. Everybody thinks that he's God. He doesn't need God. I'm God. What do I need God for? It's like, I mentioned that a few times, it's like a party. Somebody's sponsoring a party. You want to turn on the accreditation, I'm at you. I'm sorry. That's okay, it's not a contradiction. Um, there is a party. Somebody's hosting a party, but it's a very quiet person, shy. Or like, can you imagine you're making a big party and some big talker walks in, stands by the door and greets everybody. And people think, that's you. It is sponsoring the party. And by the end of the party, every day comes over to him, oh, thank you for the kiddish, thank you for this. And the guy who actually did it is sitting shy in the side, and the other guy just took over. And by the way, it's happening in the world on many levels. It's not, yeah, it's absolutely. not. And people take names, uh, inventions of other people. It's happening every day. God created the universe, comes to somebody and says, I'm the boss. God is looking at the What is going on here? Then you, Rosh Hashanah, we're praying to God, you say, God, you know how to do it. Make a few little miracles, and you show it the boss. Just a miracle, not much. Reveal yourself. It's a miracle, not much. There is miracles every day if you put on the right lenses, boy. It's also like, like Corona, it's not such a miracle, but that. But shows that God is the boss, but the, the vaccines for Corona is a huge miracle. I ask, again, ask you, it depends who you ask. Some people say science, other people recognize it's a blessing from God. And so on and on. Rosh Hashanah, what is, we're not just praying. What we are really doing is we, have to, we make a commitment that we will bring people an awareness that God is the boss. Praying is easy. I come, I pray, I feel good, I go home. I'm going to eat Holland. Nice. <laughs> I, Rosh Hashanah, I have to walk away from Rosh Hashanah with a commitment that I leave it an awareness God is the boss. If God is the boss, I cannot do A, B, C, and D. And I should do A, B, and C, D. You know, now we start to say slichot every morning so early. You lay in bed and you think, yourself, oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> and then you say to yourself, God is the king of the world. That means that I have to get up and serve him. Oh, it's painful. You understand that it's a commitment. It's not just a prayer. What does this mean in, in practicality? What does this mean to me? Please. Yes. The crown of kingship refers to the act of accepting God's sovereignty, Kabbalah oath. This is the first matter uh, 
a Jew should undertake, the commitment to be servant of the Almighty. This constitutes one's first connection with godliness. What does this mean, Rosh Hashanah, except understanding that God is the boss? I am not the boss. I, if I cut the entrance to Judaism, the first gate, God, is, God says, and I do. That's the deal. Your wife tells you, and you do. That's the deal. Hmm. Nothing else. And then there's a good marriage. Same thing with God. You, we, we have to understand if it makes sense, if it doesn't make sense. God never made a, a deal with us that everything, never made a commitment that everything will make sense. We are here to serve God. Rosh Hashanah is called Kabbalatol, accepting the yoke of God. God tells me and I'm doing. He tells me, he tells me jump and I ask, how I? Continue. Kabbalatol means translation, what you say? Accepting the yoke of God. Like, you know, the yoke of the, of yeah. the, of the, of the, what it's called? Oxen. Oxen, yeah. They, have it, they put it on the, on the neck. They shouldn't move. That's why you are stiff-necked people. Because hmm. you need to have and the yoke, put it in, and don't move. And the horse, put it yes, in. yes, yes. What does this mean when you put on the horses? Don't look on right, don't look on left. But they do, but they don't, but this is this. Boom. Go. God says, I do it. The survival of the Jewish people, the secret of survival is because of the Kabbalah all. Because during the Holocaust, it didn't make sense. And many, many generations before it, many times it did not make sense to be Jewish. This that we are sitting around this table is because our fathers accepted the yoke of God. They didn't ask questions. They were stubborn. They were stiff-necked Jews. Said, this is what needs to be done. That's going to be done, no matter what. It's kind of like when you're Jewish and you turn 13. When I turned 13, you know, it was automatic. You're getting bar mitzvah. You're right. Old. You're right. You want to get bar mitzvah? Exactly. exactly. No. Mitzvah. no, today they ask you if you want to get bar mitzvah, if you want to be alive, if you want to be a he or she or a he or he. There was no asking. Exactly. That's what Judaism is all about. You say, come walk in and you do it. Finished. Continue, Yom Kippur. Can I, can huh? can I ask a question? Yeah, please. I, I, it, it, says over, it said over here, it says that, um, where was it? It, it said, said all, all the creations of, of God know, should know that God created them. Yes. So does that only mean humans? It really means everything. What are you going to explain? Are you ex know, should know inside that they are serving a good purpose. Who? An, 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 animal, you know. an animal should know. Animals do the right thing, usually. Rarely, animals behave not, not, not appropriate. Before the flood, it's written that animals cohabitate with other animals and was crazy. In general, animals do the right thing. They don't have free choice. It's human beings. When human beings do the right thing with the animals, then the animals also serve God, you understand? When the human beings force the animals into bad behavior, that's where it's coming, the, the problem. But ultimately, it's about human beings. And it's not about just about Jews. Rosh Hashanah is a universal holiday. It's about every human being. Every creature is being judged on Rosh Hashanah. Your dogs, your beloved dogs, are judged on Rosh Hashanah. Mm. And even somebody has uh, snakes in his, uh, in his backyard, or his voice, or in his... Uh, there is people like walking, it's a whole zoo in the house. He has this, and he has this, and he's collecting this. Do you have the addresses that we should go around? I mean, whatever. <laughs> you learn some spirituality, get some spiritual. So during Rosh Hashanah, I mean, is that, during the holidays, are all humans on earth, Jews or non-Jews, being judged? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. So even if they don't believe Even not, it, it doesn't make a difference. God is the judge. doesn't wait for me to believe or not to believe. Everyone. 
every human being, every animal, every tree, everything is judged on Rosh Hashanah. This is the beginning of it for everything. God is the boss and he judges everything. So how come the Christians who believe in the First Testament don't, don't even acknowledge? Because they're... they're they have some of them... Did they ever? I remember some, some talk shows many years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, some conservative talk shows called these people to turn Rosh Hashanah in their day of reflection. Mm. Or Yom Kippur, one of them. I think it was Rosh Hashanah. And because they don't recognize them, so it doesn't change the truth, the reality. Mm. Because people think that COVID is not a sickness, makes you, will, not, will not infect you. Mm. Just, just an example. Don't get upset. <laughs> I, I just looked. <laughs> the point is, the rea- the, the, this is the reality. What people accept, you see, we as Jews, we are not deciding, you see, the, why there is the Jewish people don't look to convert. Other religions force other people to convert to their religion. Because when you are sure about the truth, you don't care how many people believe in it or not. Nobody believes in it. It doesn't change anything. That's a truth. That's a fact. When you are not sure about your truth, the more people believe in you, believe in the truth, the more confirms it is true. The less people believe, maybe it's not so true. Therefore, they have an inner need to make more people believe us. Judaism has no need to make other people to believe, to accept their religion. This is the truth, my friend. You like it or not? You like, take it. If you're smart, you'll take it. If not, I feel bad for you, but this is the truth. Rosh Hashanah, God is judging every, every human being, every animal, every creature, everything. We be, and that's really, it's our obligation to share it with the world. That's the truth. And so for them, if they're following the no-hide laws, that's... If they do the right thing, God, God gives them a good year to absolute. And we pray also for them. We pray for every, everybody. And we don't pray just for us. We pray that every human being should have a good year. Every animal should have a good year. Every tree should have a good year. The universe should have a good year. We pray for everybody, absolutely. Because, in, because we, cannot, we, don't live in, we are not living in a bubble. If there is a problem in the universe, it's my problem. Yeah. If it's a problem in Afghanistan, it's my problem. Eventually, it will boil down to the Jews somehow, one way or another. Every problem affects everybody, especially but, the Jewish but people. I, uh, you said we pray for everyone having good Yes, year, yes. Even for the bad people? Even for the bad people. And I'll tell you really why. Bad people? Even for the bad for people. The one who kill, one who every second of why the second? Why second? Okay, okay, okay. We need to but, take a break and explain something very important. Do we pray for the bad people? I'll tell you a story. There is a story about Rabbi Meir, one of the greatest Talmudic scholars, lived 2,000 years ago. He had some uh, Jews who became Christians, the early Christians. They used to drive him crazy with arguments and this, and they, they drove him crazy. One day he was praying in his house. His wife asked him, his wife was like, you know, she's on top of him. What are you praying about? He didn't get permission to pray. He was praying without permission from his wife. <laughs> he says, I'm praying that these people should die. I can't take it anymore. She told him, Shame on you. Don't you understand? Don't you know the verse? There's a verse in the Bible that says, we, she, she, she translated it in this way, Itamu chataim min ha'aretz, ureshoim ureshaim odenam b'achin afshit Hashem. We say it on Rosh Chodesh, the prayer we say on Rosh Chodesh, the last line. Yeah, the last line, one, one line before the end is, Itamu chataim min ha'aretz. And she said like this, the chataim, the sins should cease from the earth, not the sinners that we pray that the bad guys should become good guys. Can it happen? 
everything needs to read up in such things. Do we pray for myself? I should become a better person. I shouldn't be ceasing from the face of the earth. The same thing I'm praying for God, for, for the other people. I mean, I will take 100% what you just explained. But to have a good year for the bad guys, unless no, this is a No, that's the whole year, point. Means for them to the, a good year means for people to do good, not just to have a Jaguar. To mean that for the, people, for the good people to do good, that's what that means. Can you close it? Thank you. Now continue. Now we go to Yom Kippur's meaning. Can I say one thing? Yeah. What you said about converting, you know, the Jews don't generally want mm-hmm, to convert mm-hmm. that I know of. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking about the Bar Mitzvah, that went for all my friends. And that, you mm-hmm. know, the 13, the Bar Mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of Catholics that I know, are con- they're getting tired of the so they're converting to the you know non-denominational. Listen, 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 listen. I'm not a maven, as I said many times. We're not here to discuss other religion. I just mm-hmm. bought it as an example. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. What you say, very. But. But accepting God's sovereignty will not suffice. The Jews' ultimate goal is to become one with God. And this is not achieved by merely accepting God's sovereignty. A person who lives with this commitment remains separate from God. He doesn't identify with the commandments of the Master. He fulfills them only out of obligation. You see, this to accepting the commitment of God. I'm doing it because you're the boss. But I'm not identifying with that. I wake up in the morning, I put on film why because God wants to know I'm so tired of it. I don't want to understand why. I don't want to do it. When you do something only because you're forced to, there is no spirit there. There is no life there. You're not trying to do it the right way. You're doing it like a, like a dead person. Can you imagine a, sh- a soldier is running to go to war and he disagrees with the army of the war. He doesn't believe in it. He thinks it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to do a good job any, in any job. <coughs> Therefore... Welcome to Vietnam. Welcome to... Yeah. Therefore, continue. Therefore, Shoshana is followed by the service of Yom Kippur. When the high priest entered the Holy of Holies, the home of the tablets with the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not written on the tablets, because in writing, the ink and the parchment are two separate entities. Instead, the Ten Commandments were etched in the stone, becoming one and the same. In our lives, uh, this means the attempt to make our connection with God not only one of obligation and acceptance, but one in which it becomes a part of who we are and what we desire and enjoy. Okay, I'll tell you what's written here. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're going in Kippur, we're entering the Holy of Holies. There is the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant is the tablets. On the tablets, the Ten Commandments are engraved. What's the difference between something that is engraved and something that's written and in the Torah? You can't wipe it out. In the Torah, it's ink and parchment. It could be erased. Engraved can never be erased, right? It can be dust, a little dust, but it can never be erased. And what does this mean? Engraved means it's a part of me. It'll never go away. It's not enough that the Torah, God is the boss and I do it. It has to become a part of me. How it becomes a part of me? When it becomes, when I find, I, bec- I start to like it and enjoy it. What is Yom Kippur? I spoke about that yesterday. Yom Kippur, the high priest is to go into the Holy of Holies. He had such an experience inside that suddenly he had no questions. It made sense. It didn't make sense that he understood why. <clears throat> but it became his thing. 
It's like people say, when they experience a when you're older baby, before that, many times people say, why should I have children? I don't want to have children on this. He said, the moment that the older baby, you had a change of life. This guy who was under 101, what's his name? The happiest man on earth. Juco, Juco, Eddie Juco, something. He writes that until he had the first child, he was depressed, he was angry, he was afraid, he was a Holocaust survivor. So the moment he held the baby in his hand, it was a transformation. Anybody gave him a lecture? Everyone gave him a connection? He learned something? No. He had an experience, and this experience changed his life for good. Forever. That's why he's still 102. God willing, should live and be 120. And this is what Yom Kippur is. You're coming to service. It's like holding a baby. Suddenly, something changes in you. Wow, it's suddenly, it's, it's yours. Judaism is mine. People walk away from Yom Kippur. They feel very good that they, that they fast on Yom Kippur. They stayed in shul, and they prayed, and it, become, it became there. It's their identity. That's what Yom Kippur. The Rosh Hashanah is the crown of kingdom, accepting, accepting uh, godliness, accepting the yoke of Torah. Yoke of God. Yom Kippur is the crown of priesthood. It's the idea of identifying with the message. It's becoming, it's becoming use. And that's what it's all about. And the high priest, when he, that's a, that was the high priest experience when he entered the Holy of Holies. It became like they engraved. The Torah was, the Judaism was engraved in his soul. And the same thing is the experience of every Jew comes Yom Kippur to Shul. Earlier or later. The, yeah. I have a question. The tablets. Yeah. Do they exist somewhere? That's a crazy, stupid question. Oh, sure it's existing. No, no. Where are they? I mean, they uh, in the tunnels underneath the Temple Mount. The original? The, the Ark of the Covenant is somewhere there. They're still looking for it. I don't think they'll ever find it because Hashem doesn't want them to find it. Because if you find it, it's trouble. But, uh, you're, talking, in, you're talking about the tablets. The, the Ark of the Covenant, inside the Ark of the Covenant are the tablets. And they're somewhere existing. They're existing. But we That's don't know where they are. No, we know. We know where they are. We know where they are. Where are they? Deep down in the, where the Western Wall is. That's why so many millions of people go to the Western Wall again and again and again. What to Metzada, you go once. <laughs> and you had enough, maybe even more than enough. Then you regret that you went because <laughs> you feel stupid. But, but, to, but to, nobody goes twice. But you go to the court, you can go again. What is there? Why people go there? If it's just an historic place, there is a holiness. The Ark of the Covenant is like a magnet that pulls people to, to the place. The numbers of the people who come to visit the, the Western Wall every year goes, the numbers are going more and more and more and more. Every year. So why, at some point, women weren't allowed to go to the wall? Well, no, I don't know. Okay. But uh, the original tablets that he... He broke. They are broken. They are also there. It's a whole discussion that we're not going to. At one day, we'll learn about the tablets. <laughs> Source number five. You want to read? Now we'll read. It's a little bit in the ter- in the, from the prayers that describes what happened on Yom Kippur in the, in the Holy of Holies. Uh, <clears throat> he took a gold pan in his right hand and a spoon in his left hand. The high priest would then walk uh, west to the sanctuary until he reaches the area between the two curtains that separated the sanctuary and the Holy of Holies. Until he reached, uh, reaches the opening of the north. When he reaches the opening of the north, he enters the Holy of Holies through that opening, turns his face to the south, and walks to, 
to his left along the curtain until he reaches the area before the ark. When he reaches the ark, he places the coal pan between the two staves. Uh, he piles the um, incense atop the coal and the whole chamber in his entirety would fill with smoke. He, he entered the, the, the incense, the whole room was full of smoke from the incense. And then... And then he acted and comes out the way that he entered. He does not turn around, but leaves the Holy of Holies walking while facing the ark. And he recites a brief prayer in the outer chamber in the sanctuary. And he would not extend his prayer there so as to not to alarm the Jewish people, who would otherwise conclude that something happened and then he died in the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies was such an amazing experience. When they came in there to, he, he, he prayed a short prayer because he, the people were waiting for him to come in. Him coming out was a sign that God had forgiven the Jewish people. They were worried. Don't, don't make long prayers there. It's just a description of what was going on in the, what the Holy, what the high priest used to do in the Holy Temple, in the Holy of Holies. That was it? It was just a brief prayer and out? Yes. No, he came in. He came in and out five times, but for little things. But, but this was the main thing, a brief prayer. In the brief prayer, was even outside of the holy of Holies. Inside, it didn't. It was such an amazing experience that he didn't say things with his mouth. He prayed in his mind, but nothing with his mouth. Isn't it Abraham two sons that went in there? Not Abraham. I'm talking about Aaron two sons, and they went in another time, and they were not allowed to go in. And yes, read source number six. Yeah, it goes backwards. Like we go after the Amida, we go backwards, three steps. We have to walk into the Rebbe, we have to walk out of the Rebbe, you go backwards, because you don't turn your back to the Rebbe. Why do we, on Friday night at the service, you turn, around? turn around? What is that? Because you're welcoming the Shabbat. Shabbat is coming from the back, from the west. You're welcoming the Shabbat. Okay, thanks. May it be your will. That's what the prayer that used to say. May it be your will. Lord our God, that this year shall be rainy and hot. May the rule of power not depart from the house of Judah, and may your nation Israel not depend on each other for sustenance. Rather, they should be sustained from the produce of their land. And let not the prayer of travelers enter your presence, and when they pray for the, for the rain to stop on their travels. The short prayer that he prayed, in any case, okay, this is the, that's the whole idea what he was talking about. What was happening in Kippur in the Holy of Holies. Now we'll go to the third one. Sukkot and Simchas Torah. Basically, concentrating on Simchas Torah. The, the crown of kingdom is Rosh Hashanah. The crown of Yom Kippur is, 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 is the crown of uh, uh, priesthood is Yom Kippur. It means, what does this mean in real life? It's getting, it's becoming identified with Judaism. It becomes your baby. It's mine. I don't do it because God said so. I do it because I want it, because I take ownership over it. It becomes a part of me. And now comes the crown of Torah. Go ahead, Apple. The crown of Torah. Rejoice and exult on Simcha's Torah and pay homage to the Torah. For its goods are superior to all other goods, more precious than fine gold and gems. 
Let us delight and rejoice with this Torah, for it is our life, our strength, and our light. Okay. That's what he said. A prayer we say in Simchas Torah. Go ahead, continue. But, uh, but the crown, I mean, Simchas Torah, the intellectual connection. Yeah. But the crown of priesthood isn't enough either. A person must engage with the crown of Torah. The oneness with God, which we strive for, should not engage only our external faculties like our sense of will and pleasure, but also our inner faculties, beginning with our intellect. The goal is that our mind should understand godliness and become one with it. This is the crown of Torah, because Torah is, as the verse says, your wisdom and understanding, an intellectual pursuit. You see, what happened on Yom Kippur is it becomes yours. Yes. What you does mean, emotionally it becomes you, but it does mean that you understand why you're doing it. It's mine. This is my child. Judaism is mine. Why? I don't care why. But really, God wants you to understand why. Not only should I, it should become yours, you should take ownership, but you should also understand, because when you understand, you'll do it with much more excitement. You know, there is a guy who goes to the army, and he hates the whole thing. Then there is the next level, a guy says, that's my country, I fight for it. I, I don't understand why the war is, but this is my country, finished, I take his ownership. But really, the true soldier should be somebody who understands and identifies and intellectually understands why he's fighting this war. There's a whole debate in the Chumash, you know, the sparks of Hasidus that you read. Yeah. Or from, or from the Rebbe. You know, do we study it first and then do it? Do we do it first and study it? Do we do both at the same time? You know, which is better? Because some people will just sit there and study and never do anything. You're right, you're right. Then therefore you have to do it. Right. That's the yoke of, uh, of, the, of Judaism. That's Rosh Hashanah. Then it becomes yours. You identify with it. That's your baby. Then what the Torah said, that's not enough. That's what the Rebbe says. The crown of Torah means the Torah, and learning Torah, we understand why we do things. And when we understand why we do it, we have much more excitement about it. And it's, it makes sense. We identify more with the message and we can explain it to others. It's, it, you know, God wants us to serve him the first level is action, at my end. I do it. I put on film. What do you want from me? I, I, I light the candle. Number two is, emotionally, my heart is involved in it. It's me. Oh, that's not enough. God wants you to walk with his head, with your head too. Every part of me should walk Hashem. That's the prayer, you know, we say a prayer on Shabbat. All my bones should praise God. What does this mean? All my bones should praise God. I should do it with my action, with my hands. I should love it with my heart, and I should understand it with my mind. And when I have all three of them, that I'm completely there. It's like, you know, you tell somebody that exercise is very good for him, and you understand and this. But if he doesn't, he doesn't really feel it, it's, and he doesn't understand why it's helping him, even if he will do it, he will, do, it will never be a part of him. That we need all three faculties, the whole personness to serve God. That's what he says here. And that happens in Simchas Torah, is to understand why. On the page. Want to continue? The three crowns, a personal journey. The crowns of kingship, priesthood, and Torah are set in the month of Tishrei, while the crown of the good name represents the commandments, which are fulfilled all year round. In other words, the crowns of kingship, priesthood, and Torah focus on one's personal journey in which one empowers himself with the necessary spiritual power to achieve the goal of true fulfillment of the mitzvot. This is comparable to the holiday month of Tishrei, which is filled with spiritual energy 
which carries a person through the year. Oh, but he says here, like, yeah, it's all nice and fine. I have the crown of Torah, and I, I accept the yoke of Torah, Rosh Hashanah. I love it, I learn it, but it's all about me. The rest of the year is a test. Do you going to practice it? Do I do with it something? Like she said before, it's a boot camp. But after the boot camp, do you do with it something? That's the rest of the year. Then the, on the high holidays, it's about me. And here it brings a little example that the, pre, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe said, it's a Hasidic saying, then the high holidays is like going on a trade show in Las Vegas. You go, people have trades made, they go and they buy the, all the, all the like you're going for the wine, you go and you buy wine, this kind of wine, the other kind of wine, and you buy and buy and buy and buy and buy. A whole month of buying. Then the rest of the year, you start to unpack your suitcases and selling. So over the year, you sell it. That's how you survive the rest of the year. The high holidays is going on a trade show. We collect the, the commitment of God. We collect the love, of, the love of Judaism. We identify with that. We understand it. We get excited. We have, we have tshuva. We have excitement. We have everything. And this is supposed to charge our batteries for the rest of the year. Then the rest of the year carries us. That's why you need one month filled with holidays, packed in. One month of the trade show, and then you take it for the rest of the year. Read the next paragraph. Yeah, yeah. Now. And now, after the holidays, it is time to unpack the packages of goods that we amassed over the holidays. Being that, and Jacob went on his way, we now proceed to the service of Torah and mitzvah, according to the teachings of the city. Basically, we have to go unpack the peklach and start to use it on daily life. Okay, please. The whole purpose is to, de- is to influence the world. It's not about us. The first concept of Judaism, of chassidus, really that's chassidism is teaching every day. It's not about me. Number one, about what doesn't make a difference, not about me. The beginning of being a chassid is to wake up in the morning and understand it's not about me. It's not an easy job to reach down, but that's the goal. It's not about me. Mothers of children, no, it's not about them. They wake up, it's about the kids. Fathers, not so much. <laughs> and that's what he says here. Continue. For this reason. For this reason, this stage is called the good name. A name is something that is used when engaging with another and is irrelevant to one's personal identity. You see, it says the crown of a good name. Why, why we don't say the crown of a mitzvah? Why crown of a good name? Because a name, what's a name? I don't need a name for myself. I don't wake up in the morning and call myself, talk to myself by name. Oh, Zusha, I want you. <laughs> somebody is talking to himself by his name. He needs to see somebody. <laughs> Emergency, immediately. <laughs> a name is needed. A person can live a lifetime without a name. He doesn't need it. A name is an identity for others to recognize him, to identify him, to call him. Somebody else needs to call you. He needs a name. Then the whole purpose of name is for the is for the orders. Say the names of God. God doesn't need names. 
the names is his way how he reflects to how he relates to the world. He has seven names, seven ways to, to relate to the world, and so our on. Own, yeah, what you said no, but are are you allowed? If you have a son, are you allowed to name in Judaism? The no, you don't. Name? You don't say name in the same name. No. Is it against the rules, or is it just? Um, yeah, it's against the rule because it's not respect that people call you a child. But your grandfather, if he's dead or something like that. If he's dead, it's a different story. It's a, yeah. it's a respect to a call lot him. Of people do that. Of a grandparent, not of a son and father. But the, but the grandfather has to be Because dead. In your, ma your wife will call you a child, and basically it's not respect for the father. Everybody calls the name, and he thinks it's him, and they're talking about this little child. Nonetheless, continue. Oh, that's why we say the crown of a good name goes above all of them, right? Because everything goes as a preparation. It's like going to school, learning. You go to college, then you go to your HD, then you are DDDD, yeah? But eventually you have to do with it something. Then the idea of a, the, 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 then the all three crowns of preparation, this is above them. This is the, this is the purpose. It's to influence the world, it's to make it different. Okay, go ahead. Upon... Upon achieving all three crowns, we still have not reached the ultimate goal. After all, a person still retains his former identity, even if it is now a holy identity. His existence, his internal and external faculties are saturated with godliness. But the ultimate goal is to put yourself away, to nullify your existence to the will of God, to break free of your existence. You see, a person can be a very righteous man and still be selfish. He learns Torah, he's doing mitzvahs, he's doing all for God, but that's all about him. He's sitting in shul, sitting in yeshiva, sitting in his room, he's learning Torah 24-7. Great, amazing. But it's all about him. It's not about the other person. He doesn't do anything for another human being on earth. Yeah, maybe his learning affects the sp in a spiritual way the world, but that's not enough. You know, we learn about... Uh, Isaac, when Jacob left the city of, of, of uh, Haran, or the city of Be'er Sheva, he went to Haran, we learned that in the Bible, it's written that when he left, the glory of the city left. That the question is, but Isaac was still in the room, still in the city. Why, is it, why means the glory left? And what do you think? Isaac was still in the city, in Be'er Sheva. Jacob had to run away from Isa, he went to Haran. Then Rashi says, when Jacob left, Pana Oda, Pana Ziva, Pana Adara, the glory and the beauty and the specialness of the, spe of the city left. The holiness of the city disappeared. But Isaac is still in the city. Isaac was much more righteous than, I than Jacob. But Isaac was blind and he's staying home and he couldn't influence the city. That them being in a room in the, in the city didn't mean, didn't mean so much. You need a, a righteous man that influences the city, and this righteous man left. Then godliness, and you hold, you hold all the crowns. You have the Keter Torah, the crown of Torah, and the crown of, of priesthood, and the crown of kingdom. You have everything. But if you don't use it for influence other people, you miss the point. It's like the cars who are ready, and they're missing the chip. You cannot drive. The whole purpose of the car is to drive it there. If you cannot drive, 
Oh, that's worth, that's worth, that's worthless. Continue. Uh, where were we? This, this is, is. This is accomplished through the crown of the good name, through fulfilling the commandments through which a person sets his own desires aside for the sake of illuminating the world. He puts himself on a side. The Rebbe used to speak about it a few times. And the Rebbe spoke basically about himself. <coughs> then, then there is, he wants to learn Torah. He wants to do, he wants to be connected to God. But somebody is knocking on the door. There is a Jewish child in one city who doesn't have a cheder, doesn't have a Jewish education. There is in the other corner of the world. And he has to stop what he's doing, his spiritual connection, the highest level of connection, and to be busy with sending somebody to, uh, to convince one nudnik to go to teach Torah, another Jewish child. And takes time, and takes effort, and you have to give him attention, and you have to make sure he has the money, and he has the death. And he never said he spoke about himself, but he spoke about that, and he was kind. Because it was, that is the essence of his life. In, in the Rebbe King was an amazing, righteous man, and an unbelievable scholar. And he's learning Torah, that was his life. That was the most enjoyable thing in life. He used to say, when he used to walk into the Rebbe with a new book, the secretaries, that was it. For the next 20 minutes, he was looking over the whole book, hmm. a Torah book. His thirst for knowledge was so big that if he fell into it, it was like a candy. Then if they wanted to answer what was an emergency, they kept the book underneath, hmm. and they got the answers. Then they told the Rebbe, there is a new book. Hmm. Then when the Rebbe used to meet a Torah scholar, he used to start to talk to him in Torah, and the whole schedule of the day was ruined. Then when such a person loves to learn so much to be connected to God and learn Kabbalah and Hasidus and everything, and he has to stop all of this and says, yeah, it's great. He compared to the old story from Shira Shirin from Song of Song that in the, God is knocking, call the deed of God is not, basically God is knocking on the door and says, open the door. There's a knock on the door, there is a Jewish child somewhere who needs help. And he has to stop everything. That's the biggest sacrifice for somebody who is a holy man. For us, that's not a big sacrifice. We don't do anything anyway. But that's not like I'm so obsessed with learning Torah. Oy vey, I cannot stop. But for a tzaddik, somebody who wants to be connected to God, and he has to stop everything, that's Keser Shem Tov. That's a good name. In top of everything, you are righteous. The real righteous person who stops everything and goes to deal with, with, the, with the little children in, in another far corner in the world. Or send somebody to make sure it's happening. Is it not, though, a different type of connection? Yes, it's a whole different type of connection, but it's very hard to reach, to, very hard to give up on your connection. It's like being in the Holy of Holies. The high priest is in the Holy of Holies of Yom Kippur. And we tell him, knock on the door, hey, we need you. There's a teacher, there's a missing teacher in, 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 in class. Came. He's late today. Can you fill in for the three-year-old babies who are nudging and crying and quetching? And we have to teach them out of bed. That's what it is. But the stories about those rabbis that... Uh that delayed Yom Kippur or whatever it was to help chop wood for a woman across the town. They didn't delay Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, the Alta Rebbe, the first Rebbe, went to chop wood instead of praying in Yom Kippur. Yeah. yeah. That That's I know, but this is... <laughs> for me, it's easy to chop wood because I'm not so holy in prayers. I don't mind to take a break and chop wood a little bit. <laughs> it's not allowed, but I'm talking about the concept. For a tzaddik, that this is his life, for him to give up on it, and to go to take care of a, of a woman who just gave birth. It takes a lot of commitment. I, I don't understand something. Yeah. That story about the guy you were a little bit ago 
who goes to shul every day and prays and, you know, and all that. But you say it's all about him. But not, does that mean he doesn't, is not interested in helping others? He doesn't pray for others? It's, no, it's good, not good enough. He has to pray and then go and do it at something. So you're saying that he would pray but not... If he has, to, he has to practice it. He has to practice what he preaches in shul. He cannot be righteous in shul only. Okay, bringing completion. Go ahead. Yep. When the crown, when the crown Here comes the answer to your question, okay. Steve. When the crown of a good name, the fulfillment of a mitzvot, does not follow the spiritual pursuit of the other three crowns, it will lack enthusiasm. In that case, the good deeds that, the, that he fulfills will supersede the other three pursuits. Because ultimately, action is the main thing. However, this advantage is only in regard to fulfillment of God's will. God desires a world that is dwelling place for Him, and that objective has been fulfilled. However, it does not achieve the same objective in the soul of the human being. In regards to the person, it cannot be considered concerned crown. Okay, here it says, here is another question. If it's all about action, what I need the crown of Torah and the crown of why I need to get the yoke, why I need Rosh Hashanah, why I need Yom Kippur, why I need Simchas Torah, I'll just go out and do a volunteer. Mm-hmm. If the whole purpose is influencing others, what do I need to bother with all of this? <laughs> then he says, you might be, you might be, do the action. But you are a different person. It's how you do the action. If it comes as an outcome of all these three levels of your spirituality, then the action have a different taste. That's a different action. That's what he says. But, but when uh, the fulfillment of the commandments comes after engaging with the first three crowns, a person is able to transform his own persona as well. If he learns Torah, then he, he becomes a different person. Then his actions are completely different. It's a different story. And that's why... Continue, finish it. When the crown of the good name is built on the progress of the other three, the crowns of kingship, priesthood, and Torah, not only does the individual merit to fulfill the will of God, he also elevates his own soul, which becomes a crown for him, bringing him to true transcendence. It is what it's all about. That's why I said the crown. It's not the fourth crown, Steve. It's three crowns and a crown on top of them. The fourth crown has to be an outcome of the three crowns. It means to say we are not looking for volunteers for Tikkun Olam. We are looking for people who are identifying themselves. First of all, they become servant of God. And out of the service of becoming servants of God, they're going to help others. If I, if, I don't, if I go right away to volunteer, it's not such a big achievement. Millions of people volunteers in the world. But when you are service, you're servant of God, and you learn Torah, and you accept godliness, and you identify with it, and then you give up on this amazing thing, and you go to help others, that's something. It's like, you know, it's like two people um, are on top of the Metzada. Of Metzada. Nasada. One person climbed Nasada, the other one came with a cable, cable car. Hmm. 
You understand? Both of them are there. One of them is looks like he didn't do anything. He didn't. There's no achievement there. The other one climbed and toiled and went. It's a whole different story. You know, it's like my father he was eating matzah on Pesach and I was eating matzah on Pesach. He didn't have matzah for seven years in jail, six and a half years in jail, and he used to starve a whole week and even eat. And I eat matzah. For me, matzah is carcass. For him, matzah is his life. He almost died because he didn't have matzah. Then it's all about your journey. Then the journey, when you have the journey, you also you help others. But between, meanwhile, there is a benefit for yourself. You become a different human being. You cannot compare to somebody who did not have the journey. Two people, no matter what the journey is, two people reach to a certain destination. One did not have to make the journey. The other one made the journey. They say about business. The first generation builds it. The second generation makes it bigger. The third generation destroys it. Why? <laughs> Because the person who built it, he appreciates every stone, every, everything. I remember many years ago, was a shoe student came to me. When we had, we had, I had, we had a basement, um, a few folding chairs. He says, this folding chairs that you have. I looked at him and said, every folding chair is blood, folding chairs. I was so proud of my folding chairs, and he's laughing at them. Hmm. Because when you build it, you know how hard is it. The same thing is there. Only when you go and you learn and you accept the yoke of Torah for Shoshone, then the, 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 you be, the identity, you're becoming identified. You enjoy the mitzvahs, Judaism and Yom Kippur. Then you understand why and Sukkot is in Torah. Then when you go out and you share it with another Jew, there is something else there. There is, there is something that you cannot even describe in words. The benefit that you get, if you, if you teach Torah to another, you influence another person after this experience, the other person listens differently. It's a different conversation. It's a different, then the other guy comes, come, I'll teach you. No problem. Here, let's open the book and learn alphabet. It's a different alphabet. It's a different relationship. When you bring, after your experience, you bring your experience with you. You share with them the unspoken word, the connection with God. And that you cannot have only by volunteering. That's why we need the three crowns. And the fourth crown is, it's not a fourth crown. It's one more crown on top of the three crowns. That's what it comes. Thank you.